welcome back to Parallel Barking. I'm Ariana Bark Bark, and I'm here with my co-host. Larry Backer, woof woof. I, I, I struggle here because you always say my puppy, and I don't know what the analogous noun to that would be. Oh, old dog. <laughs> my old dog i don't know if that really i mean i the i guess we could dog. go the old dog the old dog the old dog yeah i know but we're both here because we've heard the call to duty and we, we had to get off our candy crush oh that's a so good that one we, so that that's a good one talk about the world of Warcraft. Oh my God! Yeah. So if you didn't get it from that, we're we're, we're going to talk about the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King deal because you know everybody's talking about it. Why not? Why not join? I mean, right. it started back in January 2022 when Microsoft announced it. Um, and so what are they? So what are they doing? They want to purchase. The uh, Microsoft wants to purchase Activision, Why? which is a because they want to be able to sell those games on their platform. Oh, you mean Activision's games? Yeah. Why didn't they develop their own games? They do. So what's wrong with their games? That they There's have nothing wrong with their games. They just want to buy more games from an established company with a huge market share. Yeah, and they want to be able to do um, more things with them and put them on other Microsoft platforms. And I think the big thing about it is that um, Microsoft has this new thing called Game Pass on their um, their device um, their Xbox device, and it's kind of like, for those of you who are old enough to remember, uh, on the Sega, like Sega Channel, it's kind of the old dog. <laughs> it's kind of just like an uh, the Netflix of games. Like you month, you pay monthly. Yeah, I mean, you have an Xbox, right? And that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, it's it's about money, and in this case, it's about money. And it's about them uh, neither having the time nor interest to plug a hole that they had. And apparently that hole has to do with, um, oh, what do you call it? With mobile gaming. Right. But, but to be fair, um, other gaming systems have access to these, these games and um, Microsoft has said that they don't plan to restrict or foreclose access to the games. Sure. And and I can tell you that uh, I fly and I can tell you that my hair uh, produces bunnies and apples. I think that's uh, a stipulation of the deal, actually. Yeah. Okay. You wrote, you weren't you a, a contract lawyer? Right. I mean, what, if do you, if you about, cross, what do we know about contracts? If if Except if you Europe. breach if you breach the contract, then you pay a lot of money. You well, you pay damages. You pay damages. Yeah. And at some point, if the 
damages that you have to pay is smaller than the benefit you get from breaching the contract, uh, the theory of efficient breach, then does it make sense for a rational actor to breach a contract? So then we have to come up with damages that are sufficient to um, be sufficient punishment for Microsoft. Well, then you're not talking about contracts anymore. You're talking about the subterfuge of using contracts as a substitute for regulation. These are both big boys and girls and whatever gender it is, these companies have taken on for themselves. Well, isn't that what contracts are for? I mean, what no, contracts, contracts are, are to create of... a private law, a private law between the, the two parties to them. Uh, but they're a, they're a form of regulating behavior. They are. They're a private form. Very good. Yeah, that's right. They're a, for, a private form of regulating behavior between the two parties, uh, some of which is quote unquote, subsidized by the state through principles of contract law and enforcement. But part of it involves how they make and uh, protect themselves in the transaction that, that they're both party to. And this happens all the time. But yes, you're right. And in, in, in this case, uh, the issue is availability of the games on a bunch of platforms. Uh, but the big hang up for them isn't the, the contract. Uh, the big hang up, it's speaking of regulation, I thought this is where you were going with the, the regulation bit, uh, is that this deal we should have closed months ago now has been extended to October because uh, the parties have had to do a round robin uh, to go to every competition that is. Every oh, yes. No, no. For the deal to close, it needs global approval. From... Well, not global approval. Yes, it, needs... it does. It, well, it no, needs, but what does from, global approval mean? It needs global. It, it means it needs approval from national regulatory boards. A bunch of them. And committees. A and, bunch which of them. It, yeah, which include the um, the South African Tribunal. Um, right. The Chinese, the UK, uh, every every place where uh, where Microsoft wants to offer these games. Absolutely. Which I well, think cool. thirty nine countries so far have have approved. Okay. And think about how your subscription cost to uh, Microsoft Game Pass uh, is going to increase to subsidize the amount of lawyer fees. To be uh, fair, that... to be honest, actually, it already has <laughs> increased a little bit. But but <laughs> but, but, but 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 there are a couple levels of uh, access to game pass they have they have a few they have like i guess like an economy level <laughs> okay so so the peasant level the the working class level mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. the pretentious bourgeois level yes Yes. The, I, I think I've crawled out of the middle class level. Yes, yes. And yes. then the I don't care how much it costs level. Yeah, just take my money level. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool, cool, cool. But I want to get back to this antitrust thing, uh, yeah. which makes this interesting. So what, what winds up happening, everyone thinks that, you know, everyone, we've all gone global and, uh, and that makes everything seamless. But there are uh, a number of areas, and this one I think is, is one of the most interesting, where states still continue to retain a substantial amount of authority within a complicated web of agreements and understandings and principles and interlinking and international instruments. We and the like. have come a long way since the first 
international transnational company wasn't that from rockefeller yeah oh, no there's a first transnational company dated there oh well, yeah i mean technically on, on yeah you're right you're right technically yeah. it was but, like but way, before that, trans, way before it's that it's not the transnational it's the ability of the government to block a company you're from, right yes from actually doing business well no not from doing business in this case from taking the contract and and um and uh consummating it so in this case the holdup is uh with these uh, antitrust and competition authorities is that uh each of these countries can determine because it has uh uh, national uh, security implications. It has uh, national macroeconomic implications, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, they can all decide whether to what extent the consummation of this deal will have anti-competitive effects within their countries using rules in Europe. There's kind of a blended, semi-blended rule system. The Americans do their own. Uh, the South Africans do their own. The Indians and the Chinese do their own. But every one of these folks can block and what winds up happening, of course, is that in a mega deal like this, you'll get approvals. You're going to have to get approval from everyone that's got a competition board uh, or something like it. Uh, and um, and generally speaking, if a small country or a country with markets that are insignificant to you uh, want to block it, then your answer is, well, OK, I guess uh, we're not going to offer. Uh, we're not going to go through with this deal in your country but if the market matters and the markets matter in europe in the us in south africa uh in india and china then those competition authorities have a lot of clout to hold up the deal uh but to do more than that because they they both can hold up the deal and they can put pressure on the parties to the deal to make changes right Something and that's the thing like that they will accept or approve based on specific, you know, remedies to. Right. And in this case, and in this case, there was a, actually an interesting remedy and one that I, you know, I suspect that a lot of people uh, would not be unhappy with. Uh, and, and that is that uh, Microsoft has had to cut deals uh, with uh, Nintendo, Nvidia, uh, with respect to um, uh, games like Call of Duty, um, to make the games available, and I think that the deals have been for 10 years, yeah. to make the deals available on the platforms of these competitor uh, uh, companies so that they can make a little bit of money too. Uh, but that, you know, in the absence of these uh, competition agencies putting pressure on, on uh, uh, Microsoft and, and Activision, these deals might or might not have occurred and, and things might have gotten more brutal. Uh, but yeah, so we see that occurring and um for the right now it looks like they've cleared all hurdles with one exception the british yeah the cma i don't think well they're going to have to cut some kind of a deal with with the brits i don't know what the brits are looking for uh the uh the americans were pressing but at some point, the um, and and fairly recently, I think it was July 11th, uh, Microsoft uh, was able to convince a court that uh, they've given what they need to, and that the deal is more or less fair. Uh, and a federal judge uh, blocked the or denied the Federal Trade Commission's bid to block the transaction. 
Uh, and if I understand correctly, the uh, Federal Trade Commission has now kind of said, okay. Is that is that your your understanding? Yeah. Um... So it's a go in this country, assuming that all these other deals are in place. Yeah, basically. I I mean, I'm going to hold my breath until October. Is yeah, really. Yeah, we'll that's right. That's right. Um, and apparently, what the Brits are concerned about is that the uh, the merger could harm the uh, the market, the nascent market for cloud gaming or streaming of video games over the internet. Um, and and so there may have to do a, a little bit of of uh, restructuring to to uh, to satisfy the UK regulators. And this these are the press reports. I don't know what the the details are. I'm sure the details will give us all migraines and will involve some fairly uh, intense and very technical negotiation and probably some deals with uh, some UK based uh, platforms. Um, I think that's given... reasonable. Um, right. I mean, I and I think. Um, Microsoft is on the right path, but they they could probably definitely do more with as much market share as they will and are going to have with cloud gaming um, for the independent game creator, um, yeah. giving them space. Yeah, I think they could probably do more. So what we really need to do is create a new game. It's called to competition, <laughs> which is the 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 competition chessboard version or battle version of Call of Duty. And what we'd have is groups of lawyers all over the country. You can choose what your your country of choice, and your object is to use your regulatory authority uh, by invoking uh, a small number of of permitted excuses, national security, protection of uh, national markets, uh, protection of macroeconomic planning, um, north-south uh, disparities. You know, we can do a number of them. And then the object of the game is we'll have uh, some of the players are actually, um, uh, they, they want to create a merger and then other players are these regulatory authority and the object of the game is to see who can wind up with the most benefit. We just have to figure out what, <laughs> how you measure the benefit, uh, who can come up with the most benefit uh, at the end of a deal, you know, with extra points to the states, if they could actually torpedo a huge deal. So if you have a small state like Cameroons that is able to torpedo the Microsoft Activision deal worldwide, that would be an automatic game winner. Oh my God. Right. I mean, that but, would certainly be entertaining. Yes, but but it, you know, one of the, the most interesting things about this, and you know, part of the, the thing, of course, is because these are high profile games, uh, people who ordinarily wouldn't give uh, uh, five cents. Uh, about antitrust laws and, and all of these nuanced things. Now, all of a sudden, a lot of people are worried, and they're worried because uh, they may or may not uh, retain access, or they may have to pay a whole lot more, or access may become more difficult to games that they now believe they cannot do without. And, and you are looking at communities 
I mean, huge communities of people uh, that are that are deeply invested in these games. I think one of is one of them the World of Warcraft. Yes. Uh, uh, well, and Call of Duty. Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. These are huge communities. Yes. Right? I so, mean, and honestly, I mean, but but they're also huge communities on PCs. Like, um, it's not just on um the your xbox phone. or on your phone or on the playstation um sure you're using all kinds of you're using all kinds of hardware and to the extent that you can control access irrespective of the hardware uh it's all the better but i'm thinking of it from a naughty perspective you know i'm, I'm let's I'm hear it the naughty angle so when when we look at this and when you look at the the press reports right it's all about will the deal be done uh, what kind of of um, concessions does Microsoft have to make? Why is this good for Microsoft's business? Uh, you know the the usual kind of things. What does the state want uh, in terms of competition? But I'm thinking of this now from the perspective of data, data driven governance, the management of communities, uh, and um, and regulation through the control of the scope of business activities worldwide by controlling uh, access within my country. And, and in that context, of course, what you see here from the, the regulator's perspective, perhaps, and even from Microsoft's perspective, I, if I now control the, um, if, now, if I now own World of Warcraft or I own uh, Call of Duty, I now own not just a space where a large community, a, a very devoted community uh, engages in their, their work, but I own two other things. One, the development of the game. So to some extent, if I were interested, I could begin uh, managing the game to manage the community to do or not do certain things or look at the world in certain ways. But the other thing I can do is I can extract all kinds of data uh, from from the community and you know uh, in the cheap version of these things uh, like these movie uh, streaming systems I might be able to include all kinds of ads and, and the like not in the middle of the game but maybe uh, you have to sit for uh, a minute and listen to some advertisement I mean ads are everywhere ads are everywhere right and so one of the things that, that we don't really talk about very much uh, and and it, it, to some extent, it touches on competition, but it really doesn't, is the way in which these games really are, uh, they are the creation and management of these spaces where you've got uh, a captive or a devoted community uh, that you can either study, you can nurture, you can guide, you can um, draw from. And that's that's some really interesting uh, potential there. Uh, and it's not clear what, whether, or how any of that is, is undertaken. Certainly from a game development perspective, I'm going to want to know patterns of action, if only to develop games to keep my community interested. I'm going to want to uh, develop, uh, what are those things called, those uh, community open spaces where people can gripe about or uh, develop, uh, you know, self-help like uh, the Apple community boards where they they come together yeah. and write. But all of that is data. All of that is information. All of that is then useful. And it's useful to 
a variety of actors in a variety of different ways. Uh, none of that seems to be on the minds of, at least as reported in our press organs, uh, none of this appears to be of particular interest to the um, to to the states or to either Microsoft or Activision. But I find that somewhat odd that well, in fact it isn't. Because for me, the goal here isn't just uh, getting a couple pennies from my Microsoft uh, Glory Pass to Gamedom uh, subscription service, but it's also in having an end to the chatter uh, in these communities and to um, using that both to fix and develop these games and then to develop new games. So you're talking specifically about reviewing like um chat room feedback as um yeah, yeah no data. Access, right access to those access to that uh now one of the things that that they can argue is well you know you're free to put these up anywhere you want and microsoft can't control them uh, in this case, or the owner of, of these games, Activision for the moment. And so you don't have that. But on the other hand, um, the owner of these things can also develop uh, an official um, space for discussion. They can have uh, the equivalent of these, <laughs> one of my favorite little things, these little town holly things or these spaces where people can come and uh, and I think Apple will do this too, a um, a space where the company will actually will have uh, people in there who are monitoring and may then pro provide uh, workarounds, uh, responses. And, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's what happened when I, I took, um, I don't want to say the company's name, but it was great. I, I took courses and um, in stuff in stuff. And they, when I um, had questions, I would ask like a proctor and they would answer, you know, within a few minutes to an hour and it would just be posted on a message board. Right. And so for me, that's, you know, for you, it's being helped and in, in being responsive. For me, it's all kinds of data that's very useful. What is my, what are my clients or uh, what are my users? Yeah, absolutely. People, and know, it's, so, it's, so what, what, what would be your main worry about that data? No, I'm not worried. I'm just noting, um, you know, the worry is the usual one, which is abuse, um, uh, uh, manipulation uh, in ways that, um, in, that uh, might not, and if, in ways that are concealed or that are not made apparent uh, to the 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 people who are the object of these things, uh, and in some places, the use of personal information without consent. You know, so these these are all things. I don't worry about it as much as knowing that it's there. Uh, it's there for the taking. That the information is being generated. Um, there's likely to be someone who are looking at it. But but the Activision deal caught my eye, not so much because of its movement and the, the, the fight over gaming, but for me, it was for what gaming represents, uh, communities of users um, who are 
who are kind of in a space that if you are, are of a mind, as you choose games and you manage the rules of the game and the way the game is played, um, they're extraordinary vessels for training people to do or not do things. And it's not like this isn't something that, um, that, uh, uh, I mean, people know, companies, right. people know companies. this. I mean, games are great training and educational tools. I mean, they have games now that are helpful in teaching emotions and psychological states right. and why people do things. It, right, I mean, but, it, but go back to the beginning, right? I got a, par, a population that doesn't know that the word mouse now no longer <laughs> means the kind of living rodent thing that runs around the house. And I've got a huge global population that I have to train in using a mouse. I can have a teacher uh, produce a YouTube video and have a teacher drone on, or I can offer for free a game, Solitaire, for example. Absolutely. Can, right, right, right. And so, so you see this now. The good news is that it was very clever and it was very useful. For me, the bad news is uh, if you're going to do this and this is one of your ideals, it would be nice to know uh, that in fact, what you're doing is you're you're using this as an interactive training technique. And even more interesting, uh, whether in fact you're going to find the uh, the data of my, you know, over the course of thousands of games of solitaire, whether for some on some basis or for some reason, the patterns of my interactions with the cards will be useful for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you want to know before or after? I'd want to know before and I'd want to know during. Uh, and then we, you know, and, and of course, uh, behind all of this is the the notion of ownership and control, which are distinct things. If the uh, result of the training them. would be better if you knew after. Would you want to know before or after? I'd still want to know before. And in the solitaire example, it's really easy because I go, oh, I know, I know solitaire. Uh, so, oh, this is very cool. So, oh, so they're going to use solitaire now, which I like to play. Uh, they're going to use it to train me to use a mouse. Oh, that's very clever. All right, I'll keep using it. But I also want to know that, in fact, what they're using uh, iteration after iteration after iteration of solitaire to begin to develop a robust uh um, AI a learning model data. Mm -hmm. the, the, well, a data model right in which I am an unpaid beta tester or a <laughs> tester or an unpaid generator of data thank you very much um, you know I might have been less willing uh, to to do that oh uh, would you have just put up a stink then instead <laughs> I'm just the, giving you a hard yeah. time well, no, you know, I totally understand. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. And, and what what I think is, is it's it's a different sense of of comfortability with with um, sharing your data. I guess with I mean I, I some people I think would answer quite differently. And I'm not saying whatever's right or wrong. Yeah. And I, I just think. Well, solitaire is an easy example. Let's give you, let's, let's do a harder one. You remember that game. I forgot the name of it. 
uh, where you were breaking the law all the time. What was it called? <laughs> so many games. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it was the car theft one, I think. Oh, um, Vice City. Oh, hold up. Gosh, why everybody is going to be yelling yeah, in I know. They're going to be yelling at us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why don't you? Money? You are so... I'm looking All right. So, for up. example. So, for example. So, without naming names. Let's... let's <laughs> that way to cover our ignorance. Um, I want to teach people. Grand Theft Auto. Right? Grand, Grand Theft, Theft Auto. Auto. That's what it was. That's what I kept uh, thinking. Uh, car theft. Right. Grand Theft Auto. So uh, I want to teach Car people... Theft by City. <laughs> yeah. So I want to teach, I want to teach everyone about um, the criminal law. How to in... live in the city. <laughs> no, no. I want to teach everyone about the criminal law. Right. So I'll invent Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and as, right. right now, one thing that I'm teaching people, if I design the game correctly, is that if you do X, then you violate Y. And so you begin to, everyone will, will begin to get a sense that, you know, stealing a car will let, you know, you get in jail for whatever, and or at least murdering someone police or mugging will chase a, you, right. Or mugging someone. <laughs> right. And so you can use that to, to kind of train people in the arcana of uh, of the criminal law. On the other hand, depending on how you develop it, you can also develop in your community a taste for doing this, because now you know exactly what yeah. the cost is and, and whether or how one can avoid it. Oh, that's um, a good point. This is I see I, where you're going with this. And even worse, even worse, if I've got a million people playing this game. Now we're getting very close to the uh, what was that that silly movie about the um, uh, where people could anticipate when you were going to commit a crime? Oh, why are you doing this to Minority me? Re Minority Report. There you right? go. Right, Minority Report. Um, if I get everyone to play Grand Theft Auto, I'm going to have a much better sense about both the criminal uh, the the way in which, from a big data perspective. Uh, a given population will um, will react to uh, incentives to criminality and then use that. Uh, so this is much more pernicious than, than solitaire. I can use that to then aid in my policing, whether my policing is going to be very aggressive in oh, ways that no. some people go, ah, no. right? right? And then, of course, if we follow the model of Activision and Microsoft, as long as I can put this on everyone's platform so that they're all dipping their beak into this data well, uh, including the, the state or consultants or whoever, now all of a sudden you've got something very, very interesting. So um, something that looks kind of, oh yeah, who cares about games? Uh, actually, we all really ought to care about games. To it, Some folks that I know, are already positing the end of the university as we know it, uh, because the, the university is actually obsolete. Uh, if you develop a carefully crafted set of games, uh, you can essentially train people to for a variety of different things that uh, the old model Right, required you to attend class and and uh, and have a, a you know a, a teacher blah 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 uh, in front of you. Now it it doesn't mean that it'll be completely obsolete, but it does suggest that in fact, when you're looking at gaming, you're looking so you're looking at community, you're looking at an extraordinary font of of uh, input for 
uh, modeling, predictive analytics, AI, big data, big data management. Uh, and you're also looking at the way in which states uh, have to deal with their, their markets uh, and how they use that, uh, not to regulate directly, but effectively to regulate indirectly by essentially conditioning their approvals for these contractual mergers, uh, these, these combinations, uh, by getting the companies to agree to do uh, certain things. So, woof, woof. <laughs> After that, after all of that, all right, well, I guess we'll all have to wait till October to see how it all pans out. In the meantime, keep playing World of Warcraft. And Call and, of Duty. And of course, maybe even Candy Crush. Yeah, although now I'm thinking for World of Warcraft, I may be much more strategic in the kind of data I generate by my uh, my World of Warcraft behavior just to mess up the, uh, or by doing it, maybe I'm not messing it up. Who knows? Uh, so that's, that's my I last I mean, question. you're still playing. So right, whatever but, you're doing. Ah, ah, but now all of a sudden you're playing for yourself. What happens if you know all of this? You can develop sub-communities of subversives who will deliberately play in particular ways to manage or manipulate the kind of data and data streams that are going into the um, whatever programs are being used uh, for the for uh, predictive or other analytics or for the game. So this becomes a much, much more interesting thing. Uh, I bet if- you they'll develop tools to start picking up those patterns. Right, right. And all of it without our consent, without our knowledge, uh, and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, humans are humans are humans. We'll keep on fighting and playing amongst each other. Woof, woof. I guess we'll have to become, oh, wait, what are they called? Furries. Oh, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) We are ending here. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you next time. Bark, bark.